Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian. Hello, Deacon Jeff. But also here with Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes! Ziggy. <laughs> um, and so today it's an interesting little topic we're going to have. You put something under his seat. Is he, all, is <laughs> he, he taller? All excited. No, oh, he's, he's, excited he's giddy. Yeah. Well, it was that. It was that. <laughs> no, it's it's warm pancake syrup. That'll do it. You know, that'll make anybody that'll feel comfortable. Yes. yes. You know, and so, so apparently. I didn't expect it to be this warm. It's <laughs> yeah. warming my heart. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. beautiful. That yeah, is that's beautiful. So prayerful, but anyway, um, so <laughs> so, so it's it's so uh, it's so hard to start the show into a serious mode Sorry. when we're talking about warm pancake syrup, you know, that it we're is. sitting on. But let me just say this: um, while that wouldn't be considered a crisis to be sitting in syrup, um, <laughs> but <laughs> warm syrup, yeah. But but you know what? Uh, there are some serious things going on in the church right now. There are, and I sure. and, and I. Uh, don't know any other way to to talk about it, but just say like, yeah, it's some crazy stuff out there. And I know um, one of the things I do in RCIA is um, I've got a whole new crop of people mm. who are interested in becoming Catholic. And it always, um, I shouldn't say amazes me, but I'm always blessed by the fact that they're these are these are folks that are they're they're seeking the truth. They they want to find um, you know a place that they can call home in terms of worship and. Uh, and they've found their way to uh, to discern God's will in their life, especially when it comes to the Catholic Church. And there's always a concern. It seems every year that there are more and more people who are like asking the questions like, wait a second. Now, hold on. Now, what's going on with this priest abuse scandal and this inspector general or attorney general's report in Pittsburgh or in New York or all these big the, 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 the crises that the church seems to be embroiled in constantly and. What's the deal with this uh, synod or that um, synod? Or, or what's going on with all the different stuff that's going on? And there just seems to be a lot of questions mm-hmm. that are out there. Now, I don't know that w- in, in a 30-minute program we could answer all the questions because I don't even know if we know all the answers. Mm-mm. Well, you know, Sam does. Ziggy does. knows all the answers. <laughs> They're the wrong answers, but right. he knows them all. 42. Um, they sound good. Yeah, 42. That's exactly right. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? Am I right? That's correct. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so, so the thing is, what I do want to address, I think, is, and this is not for people discerning whether or not they're coming into the church, but really maybe for the average Joe in the pew, right? The average Catholic who comes to Mass every Sunday, and they're just doing their best to kind of hang on to their faith and, and do the things that they're supposed to do. And maybe they don't know as much as they needed to know or, that, you know, being raised uh, in the church. They didn't, maybe they went through Catholic education. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they went to BRE. Maybe they didn't. You know, and there's a lot of people that are kind of like just out there trying to make it day by day. And they see all this confusion. And I can see why some people might, because I've heard a few people say that I'm done. You know, I'm done with the church, and I'm just going to move on. And I want to kind of address that person. Mm. And maybe even the people who are listening now, maybe you're a good and faithful Catholic, and I trust and believe that you are, but but you know somebody. Uh, or you're, maybe it's one of your children. Yeah. Because, you know, the kids are always kind of looking for a reason to go. Oh, I know. 
right? Just you just point me in the direction, show me the door, yeah, right, and I, and I can tell you three reasons why why I need to go, and maybe they're good or not, but um, but I do want to talk about that for a second, and I guess the perspective I want to I want to come to is where are you going to go? Where do we go, Lord? Um, I I I I think that if we if we look, we're going to start to find enough evidence, at least scriptural evidence. And that's not bad. Mm-hmm. That says this is where we need to be, mm-hmm. right? Even in the difficult times. And, and there's a couple of scriptures I want to read through. Um, some of them are are not obscure, but we don't hear them all the time. And, and here's a, here's one that's really uh, neat. This is a prophecy from Isaiah regarding the church. It's kind of neat. And this is um, the, in the 54th chapter of Isaiah, and it says. O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your walls of precious stones. All your sons shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the prosperity of your sons. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror... For it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, says the Lord. That's some powerful stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, and we're also in, in uh, you know, there, this can also be seen as a prophecy about the Savior, about Jesus. But, but when we're talking about the sons of the Lord, right, of the servants of the Lord, we, we see the church. And, and one of the things I, I don't want to, I don't want to let this get by without mentioning this. A lot of times there are people, maybe uh, our separated brothers and sisters, who kind of beat up on the Catholic Church for having all these, you know, gold vessels and diamond studded or, or you know, ruby and sapphire studded vestments or, uh, A lot you of know, flesh. Vest- yeah, so it's like, but, but I'm, as I'm looking at Isaiah's prophecy, right. you know, and these things very specifically talking about uh, set your stones in antimony, lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your walls of precious stones. Pretty flashy. I mean, that sounds like a Catholic church to <laughs> it me. Does. Mm-hmm. It does. You know, the, the good old-fashioned Catholic church. It does. But, but then I also love this sort of this promise that comes in this prophecy. Um, first of all, the recognition, oh, afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it seems like that's where we are. Oh, Yeah. I mean, I would say storm afflicted, right. storm-tossed, <laughs> right? We're certainly not comforted. It seems like everywhere we turn, we're failed again, whether it's internally by our own leadership or uh, just by some bad actors, mm-hmm. you know, in internally. Mm-hmm. But there's something beautiful about that also. And I, and I know that sounds weird to say it that way, but I do know that, that, that Jesus talks about um, the weeds growing with the wheat. Yes. Right. Right, that that essentially that helps me to know. Yeah, this is the church, because the the weeds are growing with the wheat. Right, right, and and we have to recognize that. And so, seeing those weeds present is really a sign that like it's all 
working the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. One thing that comes to mind is that we hear the phrase that the church is a divine institution entrusted to sinners. But I think sometimes we might lose track of the fact that it's not just an entrustment with out any sort of controls or oversight by God. What's you know? It's not like he says, "I'm giving this church to to these sinners, and whatever they do with it, we're just stuck with it." Right? I mean, yeah, like whatever, whatever. Right? So, I, what I'm thinking of is for the parents out there who might have entrusted a task to their kids. You know, a task where the kid might be a little bit too young for it, but if they're if they've got proper guidance. Uh, they've got the manual in hand and they've got someone to watch them to make sure that if they're going to make some sort of a terrible mistake that'll throw it off, whether it's a building project or a, a recipe, that the father is there to intervene when necessary to stop uh, things from falling apart completely, but that he's not trying to exercise control over, he's not trying to micromanage you know, he wants it to be something that this is something that his broken children have freely chosen to answer their call, to cooperate with them, to do in their brokenness. Yeah. You know, what comes to mind uh, and helps me kind of visualize that is Pope Benedict was asked before he was Pope, uh, when he was a, when he was Cardinal Ratzinger, they said, how does, uh, when, how does, does God choose the Pope? Does the Holy Spirit choose the pope and uh he said I, you know what i don't think that's how it works he said i think it works as more of a prophylactic where he makes sure he'll, he'll intervene to stop the church from doing something that'll cause utter ruin you know because the church has to remain intact as the church until the end of days mm-hmm. but he's not gonna micromanage it and he's not gonna send down angels to say hey college of cardinals here's right. the next pope you pick no, that's a good point, um, and although I wish you would. But but I will say, because I mean, there's another beautiful um, prophecy that comes out of Jesus' mouth himself when he's founding the uh, church on the rock of St. Peter, Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, and he specifically says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and th- this idea of the gates of hell, but he doesn't promise that it won't be rocky, and it won't be bumpy. Stormy. It won't be stormy. Right, and and that part that part is 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 powerful, um, and and the recognition of the fact that it's that it that it's you know could be stormy, but there's also in the seventh chapter of Matthew, the twenty fifth verse, um, it's talking about you know building your house on a sandy foundation, right? But he says, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. You know, a little sort of prophecy within a prophecy. He's, he's getting ready to tell Peter that he's that rock that he's building the church on. And the church is built on a sure foundation. It's not going anywhere. But again, in there it says the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. Uh, I've been in some pretty ferocious storms inside the safety and security of my house. You know, the, the lights flicker and then they go out and you can hear the wind blowing and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when they were in the ship that day or the boat that day, and he was asleep in the front of the boat. And they're like, Lord, Lord, we're going to sink. We're going to die. <laughs> he's like, what? Then he Calm calms down. the sea. That's probably what he's doing right now. He's yeah. probably looking at us like, just relax. And I got it, it. And it led to a beautiful song. Exactly. Put your hand in <laughs> who still the water. I would need my tambourine. Yeah. You need to stick to your day job. Yeah, exactly right. It's not the singing part. <laughs> um, and, you know, and so there's also, um, I, I just, I want to mention that, like, 
So it's not just like this is a church that's just like here. It's a structure. It's a thing. We've been talking about it being built on rock, and we're talking about being inside and safe and secure. And even though there's some idiots in here with us, you know, and things happen. <laughs> Me included. It's, it's okay. We're, yes, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking in, you know, in the mirror. Um, but, but we don't want to ever lose sight of the fact that essentially this is the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's comfort in the body of Christ. We're, we're members of the body. St. Paul speaks of that so eloquently in so many different letters that he writes, but I love this one here in the second chapter of his letter to the Ephesians where he says, so then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, right? We're, we're at home here, right? But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ him Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also built into it for a dwelling place of God in the spirit i mean we're we're members of this i mean it's, it's not like just having a you know a membership to a blockbuster card that lets me go and get a few movies or whatever this is the membership that that you need you, that you can rely upon because I mean, literally, he's got Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And the founder. And the founder. Exactly right. I and know remains the owner. with us. <laughs> and remains with us bodily as well. Yeah, so what did he say in the Great Commission? His last words before he ascended into heaven. And lo, I will be with you to the close of the age. I mean, he promised he would not leave. Now, we as Catholics especially know that that has a lot to do with uh, with with our, our Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. This is how he's, he's with us every time we have uh, Holy Mass. But at the same time, Daily he's bread. always present. Mm-hmm. with us he's not going to leave us so no matter what the crisis we're still we we, we still have a this is a, still a safe good place to be yeah there's no crisis that takes god by surprise god has a perfect plan for the church and for each of us individually that takes all of our mistakes and all of our sins and all the mistakes and all the sins well, of everybody else into account you know in the caves in qumran they just made a new discovery and there's another book it's called i didn't see that coming <laughs> you know 13 <laughs> chapters of <laughs> Surprises on God, you know. No, you're exactly right. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on that happy note, we're we're going to take a break because we have more to talk about. I want to talk about th- uh, this idea of someone watching over us uh, and the the presence of the Holy Spirit here. So uh, we'll do that right after we take this break. Before we take the break, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. Send me an email. Love to hear from you. Love to talk to you. Uh, send me that email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Have you ever felt the tug to leave everything behind and become a missionary to a distant land? One man named St. Francis Xavier did just that. He gave his life over and followed the call to bring Christ's love to those who had never experienced it before. Francis Xavier was born into a wealthy and educated family in Spain. The promise of worldly success was laid before him. But he felt that tug to leave the comfort of his home to fulfill the gospel's call to go and make disciples of all nations. While studying at the University of Paris, Francis met St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, and the two decided that Francis should be ordained a priest in the order. After many years of prayer and work in Europe, 
Francis was sent to the East Indies to bring the good news to those who had never known Christ. Francis traveled halfway across the globe to Goa, India, where he began to lay the foundation for the church's mission there. For the first few months, he ministered to the poor and the sick in the local hospitals. He later started instructional schools where the street children heard the teachings of the Catholic faith. From India, Francis traveled to Japan where he again preached the gospel and baptized thousands of souls. Pope Benedict XVI said of St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius, A unique desire, a unique passion it could be said, moved and sustained them through different human events. The passion to give to God a glory always greater and to work for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to the peoples who had been ignored. In the short span of ten years, Francis Xavier brought thousands into the arms of the church. Through his simple ways and zeal for the gospel, he was able to spread the message of Christ's love to a part of the world barely aware of the Savior's promises. St. Francis Xavier once wrote, Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason only. There is nobody there to make them Christians. His words apply to our own times as well. We may not be able to travel to distant lands, but we can all share in St. Francis' missionary spirit by spreading the truth of Christ in our families, on our college campuses, and in our communities. St. Francis Xavier's Feast Day is celebrated by the Church on December 3rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez and... Patty, Patty O'Dorian. Present. Yeah, and so uh, we are talking about um, the crisis in the church, or it just seems like everything's on fire all the time. And for those average uh, people who might think like, wait, can I find a calmer church? You know, something a little, <laughs> little less, you know, maybe the Methodists. Yeah. They just kind of just kind of go there and kind of hang out and not have a lot of crises. Have some coffee in the lobby. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Um, and I'm, you know, again, nice. I, I don't want to necessarily make fun of any other faiths, because, but, but I, I, again, I, I do want to reiterate what we were talking about. And, and Tom, you alluded to a biblical pa- passage that was in John chapter six. You know, like where are you going to go? Right, right. And I remember at the end of the bread of life discourse, you know, all these. This is a hard saying. They were really having a problem with the fact that Jesus was saying we had to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And they were his disciples. Yes, they had been bailing. following him. They had seen him raise people from the dead. Right. You know, cure the lame, all kinds of stuff. Some of them are probably cured themselves. Absolutely. Things. And so it's like, but wait a second. This cannibalism thing. What are we doing here? Who is that? Is that you? Oh, sorry. Siri has just invaded the Catholic cafe. My phone. I'm sorry. In my pocket, Siri decided to interject. I guess she had an opinion on scripture. But she was having trouble making a connection. Yes. So well, she doesn't connect with scripture. Do they don't well. have the Holy Spirit. You know? But let's go. Let's go back to uh, to to John chapter six, and and when those people were hearing those words, see, we're going to build that stuff into the program. We're not we're not going back, and it's like, hey, we're live, we're going, we're and going live. That's exactly right. Uh, and and the honest truth is, uh, you know, it it says in chap in verse sixty six, it says, and 
uh, after this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked with him. And then, in a beautiful way, Jesus said to the twelve, I mean, his band of brothers, will you also go away? And Simon Peter answered, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed, and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So this Amen. idea of finding the church that Jesus founded, right, is important. Now, I, I do also want to I want to state here that I don't want to be flippant when it comes to people who are experiencing some some kind of abuse or some kind of grief or great right. sadness. I mean, there are serious things that have happened. Oh yeah, I, I'm not making light of any of those extreme. Things. Right, and and uh, this idea that uh, they they come from within the church is even more devastating, I think, mm-hmm. to some people because you 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 know we're supposed to be uh, in in a community that that loves that we're of one mind, one heart, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, you know, and we and we love each other, and yet we can you know even in families, right. It, we can be really mean to each other. Well, I think we get frustrated enough in terms of why do good things, ha- bad things happen to good people? Right. Why is God permitting bad stuff generally? And then the idea of shouldn't the church at least be spared from bad stuff happening there? Right. So, yeah, exactly. So, but again, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But I'm right. not promising it won't get bumpy. Yeah, right? right. And I, I added that in. That's the gospel according to Jeff. I mean, that's the last little. I, I put that in there, but. The reality is it can get bumpy, but it's not going anywhere. And that's that's an important thing to note. So that's this idea that no matter how bad things get, there is always going to be this. There are always going to be the sacraments that that are filled with grace. Right. And and there it's not false, empty promises. It's real and actual grace. And you're not going to find those to the extent that the Catholic Church has them anywhere else. So we might go to the sleepy church by the meadow um, and it's not Catholic, and think that, well, there's no controversy there. There's no problem there. The reality is there's also no Eucharist there, right? Amen. And so where, where are you going to go? Uh, and also, it's just you had mentioned earlier, Sam, in the uh, program, you talked about uh, you know, watching over us, like talking about families or parents yes. or whatever. And the reality is, uh, you know, God, when he created this church, when he, when he founded it on the rock of St. Peter, he didn't just leave it, and Jesus didn't just say, like, well, I'm gone. I hope you guys work things out. I mean, he very specifically made it so that what would come out of the church, the, the, the fruit of the church, would be truth, would be grace, would be real, and would be um, unstoppable by Satan. Right? And that's, and that's important to note. I, I want to go back to another prophecy of the church that we find in Isaiah back in uh, the 35th chapter where it says, And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not pass over it, and fools shall not err therein. I mean, no matter how much we try and how many fools we load into our church, me included, right? Me too. (laughs) Tom won't ever say it. We'll have to say it for him. Won't say that you're in a fool. You are a fool, man. I'll say it. Thank you. You make me proud. But no matter how foolish we can be, we're, we're not going to err. And what does that mean, we're not going to err? And, and it's so obvious and plain that, I mean, literally, before Jesus is being, uh, you know, at the Last Supper, but then also and when he's, uh, you know, praying in Gethsemane and praying the priestly prayer and just, uh, you know, afterwards he's, he's uh, uh, prophesying and saying, look, here's what's getting ready to happen. And he promises that the Holy Spirit's coming. In several verses, we see this, the 16th chapter of John, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. John chapter 14, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Right? John chapter 14 again. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It's like, okay, so that Holy Spirit is still in this church. Right? And so so truth abides here. We are sometimes too foolish to see it. But no matter what what abuse scandal, what cover up, right? What what uh, what lack of a proper focus on whether it's immigration or the needs of our our people here or whatever, you know, or even whatever synod, what would come out of whatever synod that might, you know, all of a sudden we are we going to have women priests? Are we? What are we doing here? And all I'm saying is, you just have to know that the Holy Spirit abides in this church, right? And Jesus said. Um, the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And he also said, and lo, I'll be with you to the close of the age. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. And if we're asking ourselves, like, how can there be a church that has, that, that teaches without error and yet has so many lived errors abounding within it, right? Then at that point, we can ask ourselves, you know, God can teach us things, but he can't learn them for us. He's created us to be experiential learners. And, Part of the process of growing as a church is going to be learning from mistakes that he's permitted. Uh, and if we are honest with ourselves and our own journey with God and our journey in trying to grow in heavenly wisdom, I'm sure each of us would have to admit to ourselves that our best, our biggest learning moments were mistakes, learning from mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, I sort of welcome, I've always said that I've welcome even my brokenness, my sinfulness, my mistakes, because that's, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the tapestry, right, the seamless garment that I wear that I basically, you know, and the rips and the tears and the stains, that's part of who I am. Mm. It's what's brought me here. Those are the moments, right, in our lives that make us who we are. Uh, and so we accept those. We accept our brokenness because we know that Christ's perfection essentially just, it's like erases all those broke, those broken things. Uh, and so we don't have to worry about those because he heals us. And the reality is, um, it teaches us not to do that again. I mean, there's wisdom in, you know, slipping and falling down the stairs. So all this crisis and all the problems and all the issues, don't fret, folks. I know it's difficult. I know it's troublesome. And we should be concerned, and we should always voice our opinions. We should speak to our bishops, to our priests, to our holy deacons, right? We need to let people know when we're dissatisfied, but at the same time, to ask for their guidance. And just ask the Holy Spirit, remain here and guide us into all truth. But this is where we need to be, right here, Mm. where we all have a spiritual mother as well, Mary. Mm -hmm. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, Send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.